Hello and welcome to the Morning Skate Podcast. I am Matt Moody, joined by DJ Mitchell. We're here to talk about the Thursday, December 14th NHL Daily Fantasy Slate. DJ, a uh, big, big day, big slate on Tuesday. How did your Tuesday go? Pretty bad. Um, I thought early on I was going to smash with pit one. Uh, well, actually, I did not I did the pit five stack. No, four stack. Yeah, four stack. And um, I did it with Winnipeg. So, whoops. And a bad goalie. Double whoops. Yeah, that must have been a uh, 300% cumulatively owned hockey team. Uh, yeah, not? that was... Okay. I I honestly I I didn't think the pit four was as old as I thought it would be altogether. Like Malkin was really low comparatively, but um, no, it was still pretty chalky. Yeah, it was a chalk build for sure. Yeah. Okay. Well. Um, yeah, I wrote about my. How was yours Tuesday? I wrote about it. Um, so you should just go read that because um, you know I I think it's pretty good. So where can I uh, work? Where where can I find it? It is on my newsletter uh, tags. Well, it's linked in the description of the show. Um, it's my pinned tweet. The newsletter is um, so, you know, make sure you're checking me out at fake moods on Twitter or you're just subscribing to the newsletter uh, because that is where you can put it. But uh, to spoil things, I did not win a hundred thousand dollars, but I have a screenshot of me winning a hundred thousand dollars, which you know that, that's half the battle. So, um, yes, my Toronto Rangers Text. game stack. Yeah, yeah. Hey, um, yeah, the Toronto Rangers stuff kind of fizzled out, but um, you know, it didn't really fizzle out as much as just that somehow the smashing players just seem to be not in the lineup. Um, but, you know, it's just one of those things where I felt good about the slate. Um, I wrote a little bit about why some of the chalk that I faded was bad or maybe less good than, uh, you know, their in ownership implied it to be. So, you know, just, just some interesting stuff to check out, especially if you're the type that likes to ruminate over uh, lost slates. I lost about 55% of what I put in. So, you know, not not great, but uh we we keep taking swings and one of these days we'll be back in the winter circle getting that 100k first prize uh but anyway we are here to talk about thursday anything else before we get into things no uh, i'll get right to the thursday action uh with my two, two minutes or less special as always um we have washington at philadelphia Flyers are minus 142 favorites at home uh it's a pretty low total it's a five and a half minus uh 120 on that over five and a half, but not a game that I'm all that interested in targeting. Um, Pacioretty practice, but they said he's still about two or three weeks away. Other than that, we didn't get much news. Columbus is at Toronto. Massive favorite Toronto Maple Leafs, minus 278. It's a favored over six and a half at minus 130. Um, nothing too crazy uh, as far as news today, but we'll kind of go over what these teams did last time. And uh, it's, it's an important game for sure on this slate. Next, we have Carolina at Detroit. Carolina finally found the offense. It kind of all came in, I think, the second and third period, but they sort of just got it together and got scoring. Their favorites uh, on the road in Detroit, minus 162, six and a half, minus 112. So on the over six and a half. So it's kind of like a coin flip on the over. Um, and Detroit, as we talked about last time, was like very up in the air, very kind of like what they did on uh, a back-to-back changed on tuesday so we'll get to that uh and, and try to talk about that in more detail but um 
nothing as of right, nothing like big breaking before uh, the Flames. I, I thought, man, they had Vegas on the ropes and they just let them right back in. But the Flames could have Minnesota now. They are wild, are home favorites, minus 142. It's a six over under, minus 120. Um, wild have been good. Flames have been, I don't know, weird, but bad. Uh, so we'll get, we'll, you know, there's changes to the wild lineup and we're going to talk about how that's going to shape out, but not the most exciting game in the world. Ottawa is going to St. Louis. Uh, St. Louis, after losing on Tuesday to Detroit, fired their coach. Barube is gone, um, trying to rekindle the magic of last time they fired a coach. Uh, and brought in Barube to win the Stanley Cup. Now they're trying it again with uh, some coach I'd never heard of, and I'm blanking on the name right now. It's like, you know what? What is it? I have no idea. Uh, I'm blanking. It's fine. Uh, Ottawa continues to skid as they lost to Carolina, and they are just firmly planted in last place in the Atlantic, but they have a ton of games in hand, which is weird. So they'll be on a lot of slates coming up. Tampa. It's going out to Edmonton. Edmonton did win the uh, Connor Bedard, Connor McDavid Bowl four to one. Their favorites minus one fifty five to Tampa. Um, Victor Hedman didn't play last time. I don't really know if we're expecting him to play. I think it's probably not, but we'll we'll get to it. You know, we'll kind of go over what Tampa did because um, it's a six and a half minus one twenty, one of the higher totals on the slate. Next, we have a six total in the Chicago Blackhawks, where Connor Bedard is uh, currently employed going to Seattle. The Seattle Kraken may have broken some hearts. If anyone played Florida one, you must've just been punching air because they shut them out and they did it decently convincingly. Like Florida was not all that dangerous. So kudos to Seattle. Uh, if you didn't see Joey Decord was first star of the night and he proceeded to throw the fish right back onto the ice when celebrating. I, I don't think even he was expecting to shut out Florida. Um, and last we have Florida as basically a pick in Vancouver Six and a half uh, plus money on that. So not the highest six and a half total, but definitely a fun and exciting game with plenty to get to. So that, uh, you know, nothing off the top. And of course, all my bets will be posted tomorrow and uh, go to pucklock.com. If you heard any of those lines and you want to check them, go to the you know game projections and, and give them a look. And if you want to go bet them, Matt, do you have any ideas of where to go? Yeah, I would say uh, there should be lots of unders in play on this Thursday slate. Uh, eyeing things over. Um, and if you are so inclined to, uh, you know, check out those unders, so to speak, uh, make sure you bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. Yes, that's right. The site that brings us uh, rather poor DFS contests on Thursdays also brings us a, a sportsbook that you can use to, uh, you know, some varied amounts of success, depending on how intelligent you are, such as betting overs on Nick Eller's shot props. Uh, I believe he's at two and a half. Found it very funny that he hit while really disappointing everyone at 37% owned or whatever he was on Tuesday night, exactly like we said he would. Um, but anyway, all that aside, download the app now and use code THPN if you need to make an account. New customers can get 150 bucks instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on hockey. That's code THPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook. An official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire. 168 hours after issuance, gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario, see DKNG. 
com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources, NHL, and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2023. All rights reserved. Okay. Um, so, yes, DraftKings on the table here. As far as that slate overview, you know, I'm just eyeballing some of the uh, expected numbers, you know, the, the uh, I don't know, the colors, the sheet, whatever you want to call it. And of the eight-game slate, there are six teams with a positive, uh, I guess, matchup, as you would say, via the XG index. Um, and even then, four of those games involve a team that is either below average offensively or below average defensively. You know, as, as, I guess, above average defensively in the negatives, as it's considered. Um, so it seems like a rather low-scoring slate just based on that. Um, there's a couple games that maybe have fireworks, but I got to say, it's not one that I'm overly excited by, uh, which honestly I kind of like because it means relatively low scores um, and uh, likely correlation will rule the day. So uh, let's start things off with Washington at Philly. Um, yeah, DJ, you mentioned Pacioretty. Patri- we don't really have anything else. I'm always on Connor McMichael watch. Um, his underlings have really cooled off. Um, it's strange because he's still one of their better per minute like shot volume guys, but he has 39 shots in 25 games. And part of that's due to a lack of minutes. But like, yeah, I, this game is almost nothing doing for me. Um, I don't like the Washington matchup. You know, I'm just running away from Philly at any any possible moment at this point. Um, and I don't really see much on Philly now that stands out. So uh, what are you thinking here? Uh, yeah, no, I think I, I kind of already was saying, like, I'm probably going to fade this one. And I think that I can continues. Like, I, I, I come back to Philadelphia as maybe almost interesting. And then I kind of, I, I can't commit. Uh, I think Washington is still probably better defensively than a couple games that, you know, that kind of mixed in to their previous 10 would indicate. And I really can't find an easy way to play Philadelphia and feel good about it. They largely roll four lines. Um, and I know that the Kateria Konechny Forrester line is the best and the best correlated and all that jazz. But like, I kind of love the idea of Owen Tippett in every capacity, just like he just seems like he's such a catalyst of offense and it's just still too expensive. So I don't think there's enough savings here to make me bite. And I'm okay to basically just fade this one entirely and move on. Yeah. Um, something very, very strange and just sort of poking around some, some of the underlyings um, is that, you know, obviously some of their better producers uh, offensively at five on five over the last 10 have been uh, Kachurie, Konechny, um, but Ristolainen has a surprisingly yeah. strong like expected goals output. Um, you know he's getting some power play run. Uh, I don't know. He's twenty seven hundred. Yeah. It's just like I don't know. He's gonna get a point sooner than later. It feels like uh, like goals will happen if he's actually playing kind of well. Um, but I mean, I think that's more just the team's playing kind of well. But he's a guy who historically will get points. Like you know, he's not terrible with the puck on his stick it's more the uh everything else to do with the game that is a problem so as, as long as he's rocking this 57 percent uh, expected goal share and a one percent on ice shooting percentage you know uh paying 2.7k is probably fine uh also of interest uh ov over the last 10 uh five on five 1.4 goals four per 60 with an expected of 3.1 
you know, so that theoretically would double. If his output doubles, you know, uh, his price tag is 7,600. Look, I'm not saying you should play Ovechkin. I, I don't really think there's a huge path to me doing so. Um, but the price is kind of right. And I do think the slate is, uh, you know, there's not a ton of obvious spots on the slate. So I think it is defensible to build around Ovi and some cheaper Washington options, depending on what we get there. Um, but nothing really specific from me in that regard. So are uh, you good to move on from here? Anyone else you want to cover? No, no, I think that that's honestly Ristolina was going to be the one note I made if you had nothing else. And But the minutes, as I tried to say, and you were kind of alluded to, are just not the best, but 2700 on power play yeah. too. I've yeah, taken... And, and, and like the blocks to, and the shots are there. It's not like he's not doing anything. Sure. And if you want to get crazy with uh, with that Tippett stuff, you know, Tippett, Brink, and Risto, Risto. are, you know, power play correlated uh brink with tippet at five on five playing with morgan frost who you don't need to stack with him because he's not going to do much uh shots wise so well you know four four shots in back-to-back games what do i know about morgan frost but in any case uh bobby brink 3100 you know you know if dj sniffing out owen tippet i can get behind that but not, nothing crazy here all right uh columbus and toronto um i think the last time we talked i was touting uh columbus two and then it was friday yeah it was friday that Voronkov had uh you know that that line whatever they scored twice and i thought i was gonna win all the money uh, but i did not win all the money because Connor mcdavid stole all of the money um but yeah columbus two is here they did stuff and now they are not really priced up at all so that, that's kind of interesting it was it was a uh, chinikov who had the 28 point night that, that's what i was thinking of um who who smashed there but yeah i don't know columbus 2 is playing quite well but am i really gonna play columbus against toronto i don't think so uh what do you think about this spot i think that toronto and edmonton are gonna be two of the chalkiest spots on the entire slate uh matthews and and mcdavid are just real obvious plays and since it's columbus i think matthews will come in even maybe you know probably higher than McDavid and the rest. So I, I definitely think that you're playing into ownership here, but I don't think there's any problem with playing Toronto. Um, I kind of mentioned scheduled losses last time, and and this is almost one of them with, you know, two in a row, one day off, and then going back home for Toronto. So like you maybe can convince yourself that they're a little bit tired or whatever, and however you want to get off of it. Um, I think that I'm just going to fade it. And I think, like, I'm, I'm, again, I'm not saying that Toronto's not a good play. Toronto's a really good play. But at the ownership, I think it could get to, I might just fade it and try to get, uh, you know, something elsewhere that is more, like you're saying, correlated and cheaper um, that, to then get something else very correlated and cheaper that is more mid-range is kind of how I'm planning on building. And the only way you're doing that with Toronto is with Marner and Tavares. And I think that's my only interest. Um if I'm going to end up getting on this Toronto side of things, like I'd rather play that and then stack something else. Because yeah. if you play Nylander and Matthews, your money's gone. Yeah, I certainly, uh, you know, I, I chased the dragon a little bit on uh, Tuesday night, just saying like, oh, you know, this low-owned Toronto shit should not be low-owned because of the, the way that the Rangers have been playing and so on and so on. Uh, we're not getting 2% on Leafs here. I, I like, I mean, yeah, you say, Edmonton and 
Toronto are going to be the two, two most popular spots. I'm probably saving my money for Tampa just because Kucherov is ridiculous. Um, yeah. Played 26 minutes against Vancouver, so I'll put up a zero. But like, I mean, uh, McDavid hasn't touched that all year long, you know, minutes wise. So that's really what I'm booking my money for. And I don't see a way to get, you know, uh, any value on the Leafs. I'm fully expecting Nyes to return. Um, Nyes is fine, but like, I don't know. He's 3,300 and Noah Gregor, if Nyes misses, is 3K now. Um, so like none of these guys really have like that co-opted role that they're going to play in all situations, you know, power play, PK, even strength to sort of make up for the fact that obviously they're not likely to score a ton uh, with Nylander, Marner, Matthews, and Tavares uh, in the fold. Um, but I will say if playing Toronto, that Morgan Riley has been awesome uh, basically since the minute John Klingberg went down. Um, so I would strongly consider Morgan Riley in your at uh, Toronto stuff. Um and maybe even outside of your Toronto stuff. So uh, that is uh, that is really my thoughts here. I do think Columbus will get a ton of ownership as well because of their prices. You need yeah. cheap guys to work this late. Um, we have Detroit against Carolina. We have Calgary against Minnesota. Um, St. Louis at home against Ottawa potentially, but you know we don't really know what the lines will shake up as uh, with the new coach. And then Chicago at Seattle, like <laughs> uh, it's not really like there's a good matchup here for these cheap guys. So I do think Columbus, uh, that especially that second line, I mean, you know, reason to bias is a thing. Um, and we hadn't seen it from them, but now over the last two games, we've seen like three or four goals from this line as a unit. So I'm just not, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not really interested in chasing this into ownership. If I find good reason that they're sub five percent, sure. Like, why not? They're they're a stack. They're correlated. Um, but yeah, it feels a little gross. And Fantilli could throw Danforth. Like, just mm-hmm. like, come on. Like, oh, like uh, no, yeah. thank you. This it team's is, just garbage. Yeah. So don't play them in the ownership. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I agree. It's a garbage team. I I want to convince myself to play Adam Fantilli and I see oh he's up on a line looks like the nominal top line he's gonna play 14 freaking minutes power play two and you're just gonna throw again back to punching air I'm just I'm gonna sit there watching Adam Fantilli try to make offense happen have no one to do it with besides Gaudreau and then sit every time they force a penalty so no thank you I think I made this game the highest total the one that seems the most obvious and hope that even if there is a chance this team gets close to that six and a half total over that the goals are spread out enough and there's a more concentrated effort somewhere else that I can I can hone in on and I have some options for that that I think I like so I can move on from here um you kind of covered the only thing I wanted to do with the Columbus changing of the lines um and I can I can move on all right yep let's uh let's keep moving so yep next game uh Carolina at Detroit you were kind of alluding to it um Detroit, definitely, if you're planning on playing them, keep an eye out. I think the only thing I'm very confident in is that to bring it'll stay with Kane. Um, they went 11 and 7 uh, against St. Louis. A lot of different kind of combinations, but that one held very true. So I could see a scenario where 
I don't even want to say optimize. I don't, I don't think I don't think really anyone's going to play it because it's against Carolina. That's probably the best way to put it. Valeno got the most action with the Brinkett and Kane. Um, Raymond with uh, Cop and Faraby. So Valeno was pretty useful as well, just kind of in that role and on that power play. But I think my main thing here is it, it feels like a pivot, a pivot that I'm not really that interested in making. And on top of that, with seven defensemen, they actually like really rolled all seven. Like Wallman had only 19 minutes and led them. Um Gossespierre got the top power play, but wasn't much of a factor at five on five. And I know Mo Sider really got there with that goal, but only 17 minutes, even for him. So I kind of feel I mean, like I'm going to stay away from Detroit. It's not. Okay. Yep. That's just the power of the guaranteed goal there. Yeah, I know. We went two for four. We'll get, we'll get to that. Um, I certainly didn't hit Gabe Velarde. So, <laughs> uh, but, but anyways, yeah. So um, I, I guess like, all of this to say that there is value on Detroit too. And I'm not well, Detroit as well, not Detroit too, because what is Detroit too? Um, sure. I, I don't really know like how I would play it and feel good about it. And I would say through the top power play, but then, you know, you're not really getting much of a savings. I think I just end up fading this game as well. Um, but definitely the Detroit side of things. But honestly, I, I could, I could actually conceive of just fading this game entirely. But I also think Carolina could be somewhat popular uh, with their pricing. So anything on Detroit, and then we can talk about Carolina. Mm, I mean, like Joe Valeno played so much that I feel like we kind of have to talk about him. Any guy who's 3,300 playing power play one, PK one, and like 23 minutes, like, you know, he inserts himself into the conversation. So he's not shown sort of anything at the NHL level. Uh, despite his name, he played in the SHL um, for like his, you know, pre-NHL seasoning. Um, I, I frankly don't remember his profile or whatever, but he was a first rounder back in 2018. Um, and in the SHL, he was rather impressive for, uh, you know, uh, well, sorry, in 2021 was his final SHL season. And he was rather impressive for a guy who was 22 or actually 21 when that season started. Um, so like, you know, there might be more shots than like his NHL numbers give him credit for. He's rocking about a 12-ish Icorsi 4 per 60. Uh, as a reminder, you know, 16 is like pretty good. Uh, 18 is like great. So like, you know, 12 is a good bit below that, but it's like average. And if he's going to be playing with Kane to bring it, I mean, like, I, I feel like you kind of have to consider him because again, this slate is pretty uh, like, there's just a dearth of value. Um, and in a, especially a dearth of like reliable value. So getting a guy that's going to play 23 minutes is pretty powerful and you can't have runouts like that happened on Tuesday for uh, the idiot that won the 888. He played a Joe Valeno, Michael Rasmussen, just like uh stack, I guess, but they only shared the ice for, I think 30 seconds, which was when they scored their shorthand and empty net goal to seal the game. So like, Hey, congratulations. You did it. You have far more money than I do right now, but I would not suggest doing that necessarily, but it just goes to show you have to be on the ice for good things to happen. Um, and Valeno is actually probably the beneficiary more so than Andrew Cop, And also Andrew Cop kind of is who he is. At least Valeno has less of an NHL sample that we can sort of, you know, ascribe some of his prospect profileness to him. So anyway, Detroit, that's really all I'm considering. If they go back to 12-6, sure. Uh, Mo Sider, that sounds fun. You know, 6K, you know, whatever. He could double bonus against Carolina easily. Uh, on the Carolina side, 
we actually saw them score. Uh, Sebastian Ajo had three points. Like, I mean, DJ has has hell frozen over. Like, are, are we just like, yes. uh, you know, are we going to die? Like, what's going on here? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I called out Marty Natros and was like, I really want to play him, but they're not putting him in a position to succeed. And they're like, what did you say? He can't score on the second power play? Oh, check this out. And then he played 21 minutes and scored on the second power play. Um, 11 and 7 again. So they could have two 11 and 7 teams, but keep an eye, especially on Carolina, because I, you know, they had a, a sickness that made that happen. And I think we're expecting Pesci to be back. Um, Wait, Pesci wasn't the guy that was out. Pesci was, he was in, back yeah. and they went with seven. Who was the guy that was? Svechnikov? Svechnikov was out. Maybe they will go 11 and seven. Why did I think someone was out? I guess I'm just wrong. It doesn't matter. Mm. Keep an eye on both teams. See if they're 11 and seven. I don't know. But the, the point um, is, yeah. I guess, in this game is that there is a, a concentration of forwards that are really cheap and that should see big minutes. I don't love the game. I don't think it's the best environment in the world. But you don't need that to succeed um like could i convince myself and i know you've you kind of passed it over with aho but I, I yeah i mean he's the one expensive player on this entire carolina team like maybe maybe not i'm not that interested but a guy like marty nachos 4200 i mean i don't know I, I i'm more interested in just playing something like that um, he played with Kakinani and Teravainen. uh like i could i could convince myself to just like i don't know about one off but it's value, but I, I don't know. And then again, I might just end up Xing out this game because again, like, this is a there's a lot of value here and a lot of big minutes. And again, I think it could get chalky. And I don't really particularly think any one of these players like is slate breaking enough that I'm ultra nervous and fading. And I, I don't love the stacking options. So I don't know. This game really has me hung up, honestly. Yeah the uh, the, the idea of this slate is just the word bad. There's lots of bad players, so make sure you play good players, uh, or bad players in good spots. Which you know that's for the viewer to determine uh, where where that line is drawn. Anyway, uh, let's move to Calgary at Minnesota. Uh, Calgary fresh off of two absolutely horrific blown leads, uh, now playing their third game in four nights. Uh, the very uh, the very fun travel of Colorado in the altitude to Vegas on a back-to-back, you know, Vegas back-to-back, yikes. Uh, and then all the way to Minnesota. So like, you know, uh, DJ, your new thing now is scheduled losses. There you go. Have one for you. Yep. Uh, easy game Come there. On. But it's, uh, yeah, it's pretty tough to see Calgary as anything but uh, what they have been, which is a very unpredictable, massive hockey team. The closest thing they have to consistency is giving uh, Nazem Kadri a role, but like his line mates have really jumped around. And even though he's been productive, he hasn't really carried anyone with him necessarily. Um, and then I guess Cherenkovich deserves some praise because he now has uh, four goals in his last three games and is actually shooting. Um, but, you know, with that comes a hike to 4,200, which you just mentioned, Marty Natchez, you know, you kind of like, he's, he's not special in any way. I guess that's what I'll say. Um, and then, yeah, Jonathan Huberto continues to be awful. And uh, it, it's actually hard to fathom how bad he's been. But in any case, uh, anything interesting on Calgary or should we just focus on Minnesota here? I would rather stick five forks in my eyes, five forks. And play any Calgary, honestly, like just mis- miserable, 
miserable experience. So with all that being said, they're definitely breaking the slate. I have no doubt in my mind. Uh, I, I, I am definitely not. And, and and they were good. I mean, they played Vegas. They scored four goals before losing in overtime. Uh, it was a 2.9 to 2.8 expected goal game. And there was, as I just said, nine goals. Um, I really don't think there's anyone on the Flames team, though, that I'm actually nervous can bury me. Um, so I just don't care. Like, if, if Sharon Goldberg scores two goals again, whatever. That's just the way the news is going to go. I'm fading them. And I'm looking at a Minnesota team that has a new top line since we last talked. It's incredibly expensive, but I like the pivot. I really do, because I don't think... Like, I think people are going to say, oh, 8,200 Kaprizov, 6,400 Boldly, and 7,800 Joel Eriksson Ek. No, thank you. And I might just say, you know what? Chips are in. And it's more like, I feel like maybe I'm just broken at this point and I need you to talk me off of stupid things because I feel like you're going to say this is stupid. I just, I feel like you're getting like in a really good correlated unit in a game that. I, I just, I'm frankly not afraid against the, of the Flames anymore. I'm not afraid of them, okay? I think they're bad. And I think they could just give up a touchdown here. And um, I know that the math isn't going to like incredibly or be incredibly favorable to support that the Flames are bad defensively. I'm sure it's not the case. So it does feel a little bit of a, 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 a gut feeling play. Yeah, so... But I don't think there's going to be much ownership on this new Minnesota top line. Which I think I agree with you. Uh, you know, the problem is, is you can't even play a piece of this line with Toronto, with Tampa, with Edmonton without sacrificing something pretty substantial. Um, and that is the major con. And, and just, you know, you're not saying it now. It's Minnesota because you have, you know, Rossi bringing down the salary. Maybe Zuccarello is a bit cheaper than he should be, you know, et cetera, et cetera. You're not saying this is a mid-tier stack. You are saying, you know, Kaprizov. Boldy, Eriksenek are the stack of the night. And that is a very tall task, I think, in in this matchup, quite frankly. You know, you have Nikita Kudrov sitting there just uh, averaging over 10 shot attempts per game. Like, just, I mean, uh, absurd. Um, and so, like, it's really, really hard for me to see that being warranted. The one pro in Minnesota's favor is that you do get a selection of pretty good defensive options to pair with them. Uh, obviously, Jared Spurgeon is the main guy with the power play role and all that. Um, he's played 28 and 27 minutes uh, in his last two games. Uh, Jonas Brodeen, though, is on LTIR. So the minutes that Jake Middleton saw last game, uh, 26, Brock Faber, 24, those minutes should hold like going forward, which really makes this fun from a like just uh, uh, what do you say? Like, uh, you know, just running lineups and just saying min one, you know, like force in a defenseman stack because it really doesn't matter who you're playing. The, the idea is that all these dudes will spend a lot of time with that top line. They're all very, very cheap for their current roles, and they could easily hit the blocks bonus and get a couple points because of their proximity to uh, the stack that you're hoping hits. So. Um, maybe I could see, uh, you know, it's like fading Kaprizov, just a donkey idea, maybe, but like a boldy Erickson Eck and, uh, like Middleton or something or Faber and just say like, maybe I can fit some elite pieces with those guys, use up a center spot and, you know, still get upside. Maybe that's how you do it. But, um, I'm not a huge proponent of Minnesota forwards. I do like the defense, though, just fine for the reasons I stated. Um, 
So, yeah, I mean, any of the depth Minnesota lines interest you? I... No. Okay. No, no, double no. Uh, I don't know. I, no, yeah, I might have yeah. to really overthink this. Like, there's, I, I guess the only way that you could convince me, um, I mean, it's like we're talking about playing like Columbus too, and people are going to do that. And you could look, look at another Minnesota line with like players that have in the past been good and say, well, why not these guys? I just don't think I'm overthinking it too hard. Like, I just, I, I mean, you're, you have the, you have your rainbow sheet up. How does this game look on, on bad. paper? Awful. Bad. Okay. It's so bad. So, so that that's the issue here is like, I think that you are taking a game that I, I really don't love the environment. And you're saying that it's going to dramatically outperform the expect expectation. Um, I think you just have to say it's going through one line that is clearly far and away where the office is driven through. And I think getting Brock favor um, a little bit cheaper, I think Middleton I and mean, Middleton is just, you, you click on his game log and you're just going to see all the blocks lately that you're playing him to hit a blocks bonus. Like, good luck with that. I'd rather play Brock favor, who I think is just a better player. Um, regardless. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm interested, but I am also interested in the next game. And I could kind of, I think, make a similar point. And I think you're going to make the similar argument of, well, what about Toronto, Tampa, Edmonton? But are you ready for the next game where we talk about Ottawa yes. playing? Uh, yeah. So St. Louis fired their coach. So everyone, you know, new coach, new team. Uh, I think this team breaks the St. Louis Blues team. I think they're bad. Um, I don't have a lot of faith in any of their guys. I, I feel very bad for Jordan Cairo, though, who has to have a negative shooting percentage at this point. Um with all that, I, I'm not interested in playing the Blues. Definitely uh, funny, actually, playing the Blues. Good one, Donald. Um, keep an eye out if you are interested in playing the St. Louis Blues, because on the other side, we have another very bad team, because I, I assume they'll have a practice tomorrow with a new coach, and I assume there could be changes. Um, are you yeah, interested it, in playing the Blues? Uh, well, it's, yeah. it's not even worth discussing because like uh by the way drew banister is apparently this dude's name that's right AHL coach. that's right um you know, 49 so he's kind of a new guy he played uh six years in the nhl so you know who knew sure he did. um but like uh the the problem is is one we don't know what the lines will be and two uh like like you said, they're not that good. And uh, more importantly, all the centers are very expensive. Robert Thomas, 58, Buchnevich, 56, Braden Shen, 47. Um, so even if I think there is some potential that like a Kasperi Kapanen could be a decent value, 2,600, um, you know, you're not really getting much at center to play with it, which is always going to be a consideration of mine. Maybe it matters less on this slate with, uh, with Matthews and McDavid floating around here. Um but, you know, it is something I'm certainly thinking about. And, yeah, that's really my main uh, thought against it. I will revisit it. You know, if you join the Discord, we see St. Louis lines on Thursday morning, then sure. We'll talk about it. But for now, I'm pretty much out here. There's really not much that interests me. Um, Besides maybe like a Tory Krug shot prop. Because, hey, that dude's finally doing the offense regularly. So why would that change? I don't know, whatever. Ottawa, Ottawa's the more interesting side and uh, a common theme on this show. It's really hard to have a ton of interest in Ottawa because they're just not great. Like Brady Kachuk is shooting a ton. Um, 
you know, like he still has a 9% shooting percentage over his last 10 games. So 57 shots, cool. Five goals, not as cool. And uh, two assists because, yeah, uh, it's hard to get a bunch of shots when you never pass. Or sorry, it's hard to get a bunch of assists when you never pass. And uh, you're playing with dudes that really just aren't scoring. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, are you going to play Josh Norris at ownership? Like, yeah, that's the... I just don't want to like, like I, because 5,200. Yeah. Yeah. Like I just want to use that money on the, the spend ups and, you know, just find something to punt with. And we're just getting not much to work with here. Yeah. No, it, again, it is the same argument. Again, I, I started by saying that and it, it still is. Um, you think ownership's going to come in on Ottawa though? Because it, it this way. Yeah. This way. Because this Brady could like is... a slate where, yeah. So Brady Kachuk is mm-hmm. 7,700 or 70, yeah, 7,700. And, Seven. you know, that is a pretty decent savings off of the high end guys. And Brady Kachuk is going to project better, I think, than everyone not named Zach Hyman. And you can get much cheaper guys with Brady Kachuk mm-hmm. than, uh, than the other high end guys. So I do think you will come in with ownership. Jake Sanderson, less than 5K. Like, I think ownership will get here given how. St. Louis has been struggling. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I, I think there will be some ownership here, and 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 it's just easier to put together. Um, so unless there's any changes in Ottawa, which I'm sure we'll know tomorrow, uh, you know, Batherson, Stutzel, Tarasenko, Norris, Giroux, Brady. But I guess lastly, we should also mention like the third line of Joseph Kubelik and Greg. I mean, is there any thought in your brain of hunting with a 2600 Kubelik? Um, yeah, I mean, there's definitely a thought. Um, I, it's again, gross. It's terrible, but like, it's, it's maybe the, one of the less gross options, if only because like, yeah. we know Kubelik has a history of being a decent, uh, performer and Ridley Gregg is like kind of a decent, uh, prospect at least. Um, but there's really nothing in like their profiles lately that says like, yeah, they're due for regression or anything like that. So it's just really tough to make the case as to why, like, you know, you're investing money in, in, you know, your own money into these guys. So, uh, still lots yeah. to work through for sure, but certainly not, uh, uh, certainly a game that I think will get more attention than is warranted. Um, sure. but like, that's obviously in a vacuum. I haven't sat with the slate for 16 hours to really come to the conclusion yeah. of okay now that i've adjusted to the fact that all these games are pretty terrible like what am i gonna do um so i'm right. good to and, move and on the next game isn't terrible yeah the next, it is not yes. terrible uh tampa bay and edmonton and yes. i very much want to have exposure here it's gonna be very difficult if you play ottawa if you play minnesota if you play toronto i also could turn the cards over tomorrow and you see my lineup and it's just as much of this game as possible. Um, that is on, on the docket. Uh, one way of doing that, let's just, I guess, start with Tampa is Sergachev who if had been misses again, I mean, Sergachev saw just a little bit more than normal at 26 minutes, uh, power play one, he had an assist, a great assist on the first goal, you know, blocks and shots can happen with him, especially blocks. Um, you know, he's hit many a block bonus and really, it's just been not even that power play one role, but at 4,900, he's a really good option to get exposure with a guy like Kucherov, uh, with Point. Um, they did go with Hagel, as you sort of uh, thought, with the Stamkos potential 
injury or sickness. Now I can't even remember what it was exactly, but he ended up playing he, in it regardless. But yeah, illness mm-hmm. for Stamkos, injury they for played really. Yeah, I, I, mean, I think they played well in that game. I watched it for a while, kind of going back and forth with the Bedard game. I, um, you know, they they kind of got goalied. Uh, that game kind of went that way. But if you are in a game with Kucherov getting 26 minutes and you think, okay, I think this could be another competitive game with another guy that gets like 24, 25, 26 minutes uh, in Connor McDavid. Like, can you find a way to play both of them in a lineup and feel like it actually could work? It's sort of what I'm toying with, but yeah, anything on Tampa you want to mention? Um, anything like there's really nothing new in Tampa. Like there's, there's no like, Oh, you know, Alex Barre Boulay or whatever like I'm not really seeing a reason to play like Stamkos's line mates or anything um this Mitchell Chaffee guy showed up but he played six minutes despite being listed on Stamkos's wing uh you will need to uh you know you won't believe this but Steven Stamkos played 18 minutes in this one so like you know it's basically just everyone plays with the good players and we just kind of move on um so that maybe makes Stamkos interesting, but with point being 500 more, I probably just prefer that. Uh, Kucherov is in a league of his own. Um, my main, you know, maybe something that was surprising that maybe shouldn't have been, um, but just sort of reviewing some of like the the stats going into yesterday's slate and trying to figure out, you know, the McDavid at 40% versus Kucherov at 8% or whatever he was. Um, and that was really surprising to me was that the last time Connor McDavid has hit the shots bonus, which is five plus shots, was a month ago on uh, November 13th. So a month uh, and a day ago when you're listening to this. On the year in 24 games, he has three games with 10 10 plus shot attempts. The last time Kucherov has five shots was 12-4, you know, December 4th. Yeah, December 4th. And in 29 games has three shots with 10 plus shot attempts at five on five. He had five plus shots at five on five. More recently, the McDavid has five shots at all including the power play and he has as many games at five on five with as many shot attempts as mcdavid has had in the entirety of his season to this point kucherov has played 29 games he has 15 games with 10 plus shot attempts this dude is on a different planet from mcdavid right now from a DraftKings perspective and sure you know mcdavid can get there by getting four points five points but if kucherov gets three points there's a very good chance he beats Connor McDavid, even if McDavid gets four to five points. So like, you know, Kucherov is doing everything right now. Um, so if playing this game, I much prefer playing Kucherov with, you know, maybe uh, like a Bouchard and Sergachev type build or something like that. Like, obviously you still need to punt everywhere. Um, but like, I am much more likely to defer to Kucherov here, even coming off of last game zero, which was, obviously disappointing um then i am to play mr mcdavid at the same price just because we're not seeing the same Connor mcdavid as we did last year when he was shooting all the time uh that was a new thing for mcdavid it has not stuck so until we see that again i don't think we can pay 9400 for Connor mcdavid uh when there's other offerings on the slate that are i mean better than uh than that at the same price yeah i think that was a really um eloquent way of putting it and also just like there are enough people that still exist and i I know if you're listening to this podcast you're probably not one of these people but there's still enough people that just are 
toilet is it shitter phone bros what 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 was phone shitter bros uh there you go but and, bro phone shitter bros that will literally look at kucherov's last game and just say oh no thank you and it's like that is an outlier you should throw directly in the trash can he had 26 minutes and he had a zero whatever let's move on and to a to a new slate where that will not happen again i i you know what guarantee kucherov will not have a zero again it's guaranteed unless he gets hurt barring injury um so oh. yeah i would say i agree with everything you said and even with that i'm still going to try to find a way i think it's possible to play mcdavid kucherov hyman and circuit in a lineup um it is possible yeah. and no, i just I'm think you're sacri- I think you sacrifice too much by not mm-hmm. getting Bouchard in by, you know, it's just, it's just really hard to do. Um, so, you know, Ryan McLeod exists. Yeah. Bouchard um, was awesome. I'm still bad. Yeah. They, they changed, then they, did they change the top six in practice? I tried to find something. I thought I saw someone that said that they were making a change to the top six. Um, like Brown was coming out, but they did it in the game. Brown and McLeod, I'm pretty sure it was a Fogel. It was Fogel yes. that came up. And yes, dry side on the cloud sure. flipped yeah. one another during the game. That that did happen. Um, I you know I don't think it matters a ton. Uh, maybe it matters if you want to play like Evander Kane or something. Um, you know what? Maybe Fogel with dry sidle. That that's theoretically better. So I don't know. It, it's mm-hmm. it's fine regardless. Yeah. But um, certainly not priorities on the slate. All right, we keep it moving. Um, Chicago and the Seattle. Yeah. Kraken. Unless there's anything else you wanted to mention. Nope. Nope. And right, uh, so here we go. Most... Your Seattle value. Woohoo. We did it. Yeah. Uh, we'll just, I'll just briefly mention Chicago. Seth Jones missed last game. He's not in Seattle, my knowledge, unless something changes. Um, that brings uh, more minutes to go around. Uh, you know, Vlasic actually led their defensemen in minutes. And was on the top power play. So I, I just think that that's the guy at 3,300 if you want to be a silly boy or girl and say, well, he had a nice assist last game and he had four blocks and whatever. I don't know. But other than that, I mean, this is Bedard and a bunch of guys that are not good at hockey. Um, they also did move Donato up with Kurashev and Bedard. I do love me some Brian Donato, but I don't think I need to do it here. Um, I guess what I'm saying is there are punts in general. There's probably better puns elsewhere, as we've already mentioned. Uh, and Connor Bernard, super special player, 6,500. I don't think I'm going to it here on this slate where I really, really need savings. Yeah, it, it, it's it's a fine play if you okay. have the money for it. I don't think there's anyone like, oh, 6,400. Yeah. got to play this guy. So like, it's fine if you have that exact dollar amount left. But yeah, it's not uh, all that yeah. special. Um yeah, and Donato, you know, it's always a tough scene when uh, he gets moved to the first line but can't even take a power play job away from someone named Cole Gutman or, uh, you know, the the corpse right. of Lucas Reichel, who has been god-awful all year long. So, like, uh, yeah, it's it's a tough scene in Chicago. They, they look terrible on the power play and all that. So I'm not overly – I'm not going to be overly convinced by it. Um, you know, it, it'll take a very, very – uh, weak, maybe strong moment from me uh, in order to click in Ryan Donato again, just not seeing any power play time because I do not think that was in the cards. But on the Seattle front, um, uh, Justin Schultz remains day to day. Um, I don't know if he'll be back, but so long as he's out, Riker Evans is there. Uh, finally picked up a point uh, against Florida, so played 18 minutes. Um, he's 
a fine value option. And the same dudes uh, apply in that McCann is pretty expensive and Bjorkstrand has been priced up a little bit, but you know, they're still a bit cheap for what they are. Ely Tolvanen, very cheap. Uh, you can probably just go bet right back to these guys and feel good about uh, the value. Um, if there's a way to get ownership right, just take the lower owned combination. But, you know, uh, there's so many ways to stack it. I don't think it's a big deal. But just, you know, be aware that you are grinding very, very thin edges to win on the slate rather than, um, you know, something more dramatic that might help uh, you separate from the pack. So how are you stacking Seattle when push comes to shove? Oh, God. Um, I guess we'll assume they go back to what they did last game. I think I just, honestly, I think no matter what, I just go Tolvin and Gord and Bjorkstrand. Um, Tolvin and Bjorkstrand were on the same power play together with Baneers, Dunn, and Yamamoto. So I think you could just say, sorry, Gord, not sorry, and just go Tolvin and Bjorkstrand and Dunn and move on. Then I get Riker Evans, and I definitely can see people looking at that second power play with Riker Evans, talking to themselves, I'm not doing it. Just give me the players that are very good. Um, and they're not very expensive in Bjorkstrand, Polvenin, and Vince Dunn. If I'm doing it, 4,700 is the most expensive player you're playing for, paying for in that three-man stack that has a ton of goal upside and a lot of multi-point upside. Okay. Um, yeah, that that's fair. Um, let, let's get to the final game. Vancouver and Florida. Uh, once again, not a ton of value to be found here. Uh, starting off on the Vancouver side, because why not? Uh, this is uh, Luongo retirement jersey, whatever night. So expect this to be a late one. It's a 10 o'clock start, but it might not start for, you know, 1030 or whatever. So we might not even get warm ups, uh, which is always fun. Anyway, um, Brock Besser coming off of a hat trick. Uh, very good for him. Good for mm-hmm. the people who played him. Got no problem with him at 7100. Um you know, JT Miller's a bit expensive, but Niels Hoglander, 3,100. He kind of contributed to that hat trick. He had one assist, uh, three shots, one block against Tampa. Um, so that's a good way to find some value. You know, 10K for those two guys is, is perfectly fine. Um, but I, you know, are you going to be tempted by Andre Kuzmenko? He scored a power yeah. play goal last game. Uh, okay. Because, you know, he, theoretically was you know on that power play anything can happen so that price is somewhat intriguing just given the lack of value options um but well who are you looking at in this game if anyone uh, I really don't didn't know. think i'd ask I, you that one huh god i know i have to talk about a game on a podcast i do yeah i honestly i mean i i think i just run it back with florida one if i'm doing anything and I just say I don't care about last game again and move on with everything else. Um, that's, yeah, I, I think that's just it for me. Uh, it's not that expensive, relatively speaking, in my opinion, for 7K on Barkov, 72 on Reinhardt, and 6K on Verhage. They were all still correlated, so unless something changes, the only problem was Bennett went to the top power play over Verhage, which is just stupid, but whatever. Um, that I think has that been the case might for get people to weeks. convince themselves... I thought last game it was for Hagee. Whatever. Honestly, I, I really I thought maybe, maybe over the weekend before, something shifted. I guess I'm just wrong. Whatever. I don't know. I thought, yeah, I thought I checked something. It doesn't matter. Honestly, I don't think I'm going to end up there. Um, 
if I'm going to end up on this game, though, it's going to be the four to one, and maybe okay. Montour. I think Montour is pretty good at fifty one hundred. He's coming back into form, and this is a guy that was much more than fifty one hundred last year when he was getting similar roll minutes, shot rates, etc. So I'm totally fine with even if you want to exclude for Hagee for that reason and just put in Montour instead. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, I don't know. Something funny I saw about last night is that Florida got 33% of their shot attempts on goal. I'm not sure what the low is for a game, but that is uh, yeah, among that's bad. the, like, <laughs> that seems almost impossible. Um, but, you know, as you'd expect, they did shake up the lines a little bit. Um, so I'm, you got to keep an eye on things. Again, we might not get warm ups because of the Luongo ceremony. Um, but anywhere I, Anton Ludell goes, 3,600, I'm at least tracking because, um, again, this slate is really devoid of good value options. And I do think that Lundell plus a cheap winger plus, you know, whoever he, whoever they play with, you know, if it's Matthew Kachuk, it's, you know, it's still cheap uh, for Matthew Kachuk, 6,700. If it's Evan Rodriguez, you know, et cetera. Um, I think it'll be Lou Steinen, Lundell, and then someone. So, I'm interested in tracking that. I think that's a good way to get some value. Lindell's been very good. Um, you know, he just doesn't really have the role. Um, but again, on this slate, you don't have everyone. Or you don't have anyone who has everything. So, like, you're kind of sacrificing something. And so I think I'd rather sacrifice a little bit of the role um, to get a guy who's talented, who will kill penalties, who's on a secondary power play unit, and who has some offensive skill. Um, so I like building around Lindell here. I'm keeping a close eye on how that goes, but, um, yeah, I don't know. That kind of leads us right into stacks because I don't know what other cheap stack I really like. So I will take, uh, Lindell and Luce and either Rodriguez or Kachuk based on last game, but you know, whoever winds, winds up being, uh, on that line as my, uh, really cheap stack that you can try to fit other things in with. Okay, so you're just running that as your cheap stack as well. As we're good on yeah. that game, actually, actually, in. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely good on the game. Uh, Lindell, Lusterine, and Montour. I, I do like what you said there about Montour. That's perfectly right. He's a very there good go. value as well. Yeah. I, feel like, I feel like I thought he was like six k or something. Yeah, he is. Yeah, I I really thought he was more expensive. And then when I pulled it up, I was like, wait a minute, TJ, you, you're being a fool. In the past ten games, you know how many shots he's averaging attempts. It's very high. I remember that because I had him penciled in last sleep. 7.9 attempts per game over the last 10. Uh, that's pretty good. He's been pretty unlucky. Uh, I, I think that high could could definitely turn. So I think if you're playing Florida, yeah, it, it's uh, slam dunk. Uh, slam it in there. Um, okay, I'll give I'll give a couple stacks. Uh, that's sort of the, how we do this here normally when we're talking about stacks. And I am going to shock the world. I'm going to shock everyone and say... I'm going with Kucherov, Point, and Sergeyev. World is shocked. Okay. Um, well, you, uh, yeah. I mean, that is so pretty much you were gonna take. That's pretty much what I will do. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> whoops. Yeah, this is fun. All right. Um, that, was that what you wanted, really? Because I, I almost feel bad now. Oh yeah, of course that's what I wanted. Anyway, I can uh, I can I can adapt. So let's go over to um yeah, let, let's just do the Toronto stuff. Um so the way I did it on Tuesday, maybe we'll run it back again, but uh Matthews, Tavares, Riley, 
and then just, you know, a cheaper piece that fit, be that nice, be that Bertuzzi. Um, I think all that's fine. Basically, the idea is that Tavares is producing, uh, you know, uh, expected fantasy points at about a similar clip to Willie Nylander and is uh, 1,800 less. So getting that bit of value, clearly Matthews and Tavares will correlate because of their immense power play uh, share. Um, so I like getting a little bit different that way. And of course, I love the matchup because Columbus stinks. So, um, yeah, mm-hmm. let's do that. And uh, yeah, give me your final stack. You know what? Yeah, I think I'm just going to stick with that Bjorkstrand, Tolvin, and Dunn. Um, I think that's a pretty fun way to attack this slate. And I think Seattle will be somewhat popular, but there's a lot of options and people will just look at Matt Beneers and, you know, McCann and, and maybe they'll go that route. Like, I'm going to go with the route I think is better and better correlated. Like, I like I, I think the if you took nothing else away from this entire podcast, like, correlate more on this slate than you normally do. Or if you already do a ton of it, Good, because I, I really do think you, you'd you rather go with the highest correlation. Um, a lot of these games project to be lower scoring. So I think that power play role all being together, that's yep. pretty rare in Seattle, is what I want to attack through. Yep, that's a good call. Um, okay. Okay. Do you have guaranteed goals ready for me? Um, Hold on. I, I have one, I think, but I really want to pull it up. So yeah, I had Gensel. He scored twice. You had Cider. He scored. Hagel did not. And Velarde did not. And man, Velarde honestly looked pretty good. Uh, I, I was watching some of that power play. I, again, I, I was just flipping through games at night. Um, you can go first, though. I stole your stack. All right. Um, yeah, I will grab. I'll grab Patrick Kane, 5,700. There, there he is. Showtime himself. Yep. Okay. Um, I will stick with. Oh man, is Hyman just donkey chalk garbage? Who cares? Ooh. I'll take Zach Hyman. I'll take Zach Hyman. I'll be a donkey chalk boy. All right, they call uh, me. Yeah, no, hey, uh, Hyman's been great. I mean, he's been the yeah, benefactor well, of McDavid doing his, stuff. So his good for him. His past ten game, his past ten games is what, what was it? Ex- expected goals for seventy five point seven nine percent. I mean. It, is that largely the players he's playing with? I don't know. I'm not going to judge. But, yeah. like he, When he's on the ice, the Oilers are dominating. And I think that line is just really good. And you don't need to get too cute on this slate, in my opinion. So, yep. Okay. And uh, for the other guaranteed goal, I will go with Josh Norris. I slandered him, but 5200 Uh The price works. And obviously, he's, price. he's in a good spot. Um, You know, like... <sighs> I don't know. I still don't think I can really like stack Ottawa in the way that, you know, I think the field will be doing. Um, but we have seen Norris really settle into his sort of, uh, I, I kind of want to call it like a mercenary type role where he's just over there on the right half wall. He's there to shoot. Um, Batherson is also uh, taking a lot of shots on that power play, which doesn't leave a ton for guys like Stutzlaus Anderson, you know, when Kachuk is going to get his. So I'm I'm liking what I'm seeing out of uh, the Ottawa power play, but, um, you know, it's kind of tough to determine which line it'll go through, whether it's the Norris-Kachuk pairing or the Stutzlaus-Batherson pairing, which really has uh, me a bit confounded here. So anyway, guaranteed goal, Josh Norris with... Uh, uh, Patrick Kane and DJ, your final one. 
oh boy, I have a couple guys here I like. Um, I think I am going to go with, you know, mm -hmm. I was I was honestly leaning towards a guy like Oshi or McMichael. Is it what was your problem with McMichael again? Was it just sort of like uh, he just was he not playing hardly anymore? No. Yeah. Yeah, It's that's normally important. Um, I'll go with Oshi. I'll go with Oshi. okay. Um, yeah, I I got to admit I missed on uh, Saturday that Oshi was back in the lineup. So, um, yeah, that even took a power play Mm -hmm. job Yeah, he's from Kuznetsov. back in producing Amazing. and took took the power play job from Kuznetsov, right? And that that was yeah, it was between like I think McMichael is like a better shot in general, but you're not in the top power play. You no, know, she is barring a change. Um, I have to side with a guy that also was like one of the best producing forwards that couldn't score, and you know, yeah, let's do it. Sure. Um, No, that, okay, that makes sense. I'm good. All right. Um, so that'll do it. Uh, make sure you check out my newsletter where I reviewed uh, the Tuesday slate. If you didn't listen to Tuesday slate, you know, listen to the podcast and, and read the review. I think it's useful, honestly, uh, to hear what we were saying, because I, I don't think a ton changed from, you know, podcasts up to puck drop. There were some things clearly, but Uh, all, all around a useful thing to keep learning and, um, you know, seeing other perspectives. I'm not aware of anyone else who does slate retrospectives for the NHL. So, you know, if you do see any, throw them my, my way, of course. Um, but, you know, we see it for football all the time. And I kind of want to do the same for hockey because I enjoy listening to the football ones as much as I hate football. Uh, anyway, uh, so that'll that's all I have to say. DJ, anything you want to cover before we go? Uh, not really right now I'm starting to write an article um I'm kind of gonna summarize my stance on the current slate like where the NHL is and where I want it to go and what's frustrating me and um maybe just put that out there and then stop tweeting all the time about how much I like hockey and football sucks because then I'm just gonna be in an article and everyone can read it and I can point them right to it and be like here's why Here's what I'm I mean. sure And I plan I'm to sure do it that'll if work. it started, but everyone's going to read it. Everyone's going to love it. There'll be no negative slander. Um, And then, I'm going and to then stick you'll to what just I'm feel, really good at, and that's engage. Mm yeah. -hmm. No, sorry, go sorry. You said engage with what? Uh, engagement farming. Um, I haven't been doing Engagement enough farming. Of course. for that. And, and instead of engagement farming, all I've done is negatively engagement farm. And people are like, I like your stuff, but you're really mean about football. And I'm just like, well, it's stupid sport. So maybe I should, you know, I'm not really getting engagement farm, by the way. Don't unfollow me yet. Wait till I post something else stupid. Yeah, just wait four seconds and uh, then you can unfollow. <laughs> Anyway, Give um, me one night. yeah. All right, let's get out of here. Uh, we are at Winning Skate Pod on Twitter. DM us if you want to get in on the Discord. I am at Fake Moods. DJ's at DJ underscore Mitchell 94. And again, my newsletter is Primary Points. It's on Beehive. Again, just go to the link in the description. Thank you to DraftKings for sponsoring this show and appreciate the partnership with the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, with all that said, best of luck on Thursday. From Doug, from DJ, and from myself, have a good sleep, everybody, and we will see ya.